So here, we're getting to this part of our mission statement. Again, I'll read it one more time just so it's fresh. We exist to magnify Jesus Christ by proclaiming and displaying His redeeming grace to each other. I'm just going to stop there and we're going to go and dive into this. To each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 25-27. If you could look at that. 1 Corinthians 12, 25-27. says, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. For if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that Miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. And then he goes on and on about um, gifting and love and all of those types of things. And 1 Corinthians follows directly after this discussion, which is the great love chapter of the scriptures. But the point that this is making is that there is not supposed to be any division here. We are not supposed to be hostile to one another. Hostility among the people of God is blasphemy to his name. Because there is no hostility between Christ and the Father and the Spirit. There is no hostile attitude towards God and us. He has forgiven all of our trespasses. There is no longer anything for Him to be hostile towards. When there is hostility amongst us, it is mockery. It is worldliness. And we unite ourselves in the Gospel. And as others suffer, as other others of us have needs, we come to each other's aid. We're supposed to be a body that seeks the good of each other. Not just, oh, so-and-so is having a rough time, I'll pray for them, they'll be on the prayer chain. No, we actually help. (laughs) We actually serve. We do what we can that's in our ability to take care of the needs of those in our assembly. And, And he goes on to say that we all have gifts. We all have gifts by which we are supposed to accomplish this. He gives you a list, and we can talk about spiritual gifts another time. But every, the point is, every single one of us has a way that God has given us that we are supposed to serve each other, that we are supposed to come to each other's aid, that we are supposed to proclaim the gospel to each other, to build each other up in the love of Christ. We all have a way that we can do it. There's not a single one of you Unless you are truly not saved, <laughs> if you're, as, long as, you're a true, if, as long as you are part of the body of Christ, God has given you an ability with which you are supposed to be serving each other. When God gives a gift to you, it's not just so that you can enjoy the gift. It is so that you can specifically use that gift to build each other up. So we have a gift Okay, whatever it is. Some of us have the gift of administration. Some of us have, um, <clears throat> you know, are good at helping. Some of us, uh, there's plenty of gifts throughout the scriptures that we can do some research on. We use these things. If God has given it to you, count that as God's commission for you to use that to benefit those around you. Hebrews chapter 10. 24 to 25. 
when somebody gets there, could you read those two verses, please? 10, 24 to 25. Okay, so he's telling us, we need to think hard about this one, this thing, okay? What are we supposed to think hard about? Taking care of each other. Taking care of each other. How to, your translation said stimulate, I think that's a good word, each other, to stir up, to arouse the love in this assembly. Think of ways that you can do this. That you can consider how to stir one another up in love and good works. Okay? We are supposed to be thinking of ways and acting out these ways of sharing love with each other and good works. We're not just supposed to be thinking about doctrine, which we should be thinking about. But we're also supposed to be thinking about, on a weekly basis... Where is somebody, who can I love this week? Who can I do good for this week? How can I bless somebody this week? We think plenty about how we can bless ourselves. We think plenty about how we can comfort ourselves and take care of ourselves. But, but the author of Hebrews is saying, let us consider how to stir one another up love, to love and good works. Okay, active love. Not neglecting to meet together. Okay, how are you supposed to really maintain this love and good works to each other if you're not really part of the assembly? You say you are, but you never actually show up. You're never actually in each other's lives. How are you supposed to know how you can love somebody and how you can do good for one another if you're never around them? So don't neglect to meet together as the habit of some, but... Encouraging one another, building one another up. Okay, this is a regular thing that we're supposed to do, and this is part of the purpose of why we're not supposed to neglect to meet. Because in meeting together, we actually have opportunity to build each other up. This is not just the job of the person behind the microphone to talk to you about how you can live. When we are together, it, you are neglecting the purpose of meeting together if you're not looking to build somebody up. Yeah, you might do well in having a regular church attendance, but you're missing the purpose. If you're not stirring each other up, if you're not doing good, if you're not in building each other up, you may be obeying the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law is completely stripped away from you in your church attendance. So we must, when we, when we are meeting together, we do not take pride in the fact that I come to church every time the doors are open. No, when I meet together, my eyes are open, my ears are open, my heart is open, my hands are open, because I want to encourage the people that are here with the gift that God has given me. Acts chapter 2. If somebody could read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts two forty two to forty seven. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the 
fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things <clears throat> common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So when the book of Acts records events, it's for a person. It's a person. It's for a purpose. And here, 3,000 people had just responded to Peter's sermon, beckoning the people to come to Christ, to believe to repent of their sins. And 3,000 people just followed that call. And this is a, a picture of what the first church did when it was first established. This is the first church, the first gathering ever after the, after the ascension of Jesus Christ, besides when the disciples were meeting in the upper room. Um, and you see, what are some of the things that they were doing together in this passage? Can you pick out some of the things that they were participating in? Break bread, sold, they were selling their possessions. Fellowshipping. They were teaching and they were learning. They were eager to, to eat up the new, this new teaching of Christ. What else do you see? Praying. They were praising God. What did they do when they sold their possessions? They shared it. They distributed the earnings to people who had need. They were glad. They had glad and generous hearts, and the church kept growing. This is a picture of the early church, the first church, when everybody had just received Christ. Three thousand people, about, and said that the Lord kept adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. These are things. If you want a list to look at, how can I bless somebody? Well, let's look at this list. Maybe I should go to somebody's house, share bread with them, and, pray, and praise God together. Maybe we can go pray together. Maybe there's somebody in this church that is barely getting by, and, well, do I have a resource? Well, maybe I can sell that resource so that, they can, so that I can help them. Um, well, we need to, let's have a Bible study together. I really think that we need to learn X. So maybe I can... You know, I have the gift of teaching or admonishing or whatever. Maybe I can, you know, meet with a, some of the ladies or some of the men and just learn this together, um, devoting ourselves to the scriptures, etc. These are these are some ways that the early church just naturally started building each other up with. Perhaps it was being taught. I don't know. All the Bible says is that they just started doing it. <laughs> they just started doing it doesn't say that the apostles were telling them to do all these things. It just says that they started doing it. So if you want to find some way to bless somebody, here's a list. Look to this list. Okay, and then Hebrews 3. If somebody can look to Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 14. 
be any of you in evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. Well, it is called today, let any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Good. So here, we're here we are being admonished that we're supposed to be careful, okay? Because there's people in our assembly, talking, the author of Hebrews here, basically this is essentially what he is saying. There are people among you that are struggling and they're about to fall away. They need you to build them up so that they don't fall away. Because if they are not built up, that, then they're going to fall away. He says, lest there be any of you in an unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. He's saying we need to be attentive to those around us. If we see somebody having in the middle of a faith struggle, we need to take special care of that person and help them through their struggle. Because nobody just falls away from the church for no reason. There's always a reason. And that reason, whatever the struggle with that person is, we should be able to see that and address it. Not just be like, well, they'll be all right. Just keep coming to church. <laughs> um, no, they're struggling. They need, they're struggling. We need to be careful lest any of us fall away because unbelief took root in our hearts. But rather, we're supposed to exhort each other. We're supposed to be getting into each other's hearts, spiritually speaking, every single day, so that nobody can continue down this path that will harden them. Because sin is very deceitful. Sin is deceitful. Have you, I mean, I'm sure most of us in here, if we're honest with ourselves, we've been through stuff and, I mean, I've done this, where I'm weak and I just argue with God and I accuse Him for not caring. and <laughs> You know, that kind of, because sin is deceitful. And it can convince you of things that are not true. And if we see somebody struggling in, in, in certain ways, like these, we need to be careful and we need to intercede on their behalf so that that deceitful sin doesn't harden them so that they will never hear the truth. So we need to constantly be lo on, on the lookout. Hey, you know, I, I, I've noticed that you've been pretty discouraged lately. Is there something that you're struggling with? Or hey, I mean... It, you just seem to not be treating your children very well. You know, are you struggling with something? Is there some way that I can help? Is there something going on? Or you just seem pretty depressed? Or you always seem sad? You know, how can I help? Let's get together. Let's get together and, you know, share a meal together. Have some coffee, tea, or whatever <laughs> you like. And let's just talk about this. You know, we should be ready and, ready and able to do this. You know, you don't have to be a psychologist and this well-educated biblical counselor to care about somebody. And if they have needs that are beyond your abilities to intercede about, ask for help. Say, so-and-so is really having a hard time. Let's go talk to them together. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people read this passage as a rebuke to the person who is unbelieving. But really, this is, a, this is an admonition to those who know somebody who is struggling. 
to beware, because if you don't intercede, they might be hardened by their sin and fall away. So this is an admonishing to all of us to be on the lookout for those who need help and help them. And then the last verse, the last passage we'll look at today is Romans chapter 12. If somebody could go there and read that. Verses 4 to 6. Romans 12, 4 to 6. Okay, so this is telling us that we all have, this is again, kind of resonating with the passage um, in 1 Corinthians 12, that you specifically have some way that you're supposed to help. You know, I, I may be the pastor of this church, but as you all know, I'm still pretty young at this, <laughs> okay? Um, I'm not well-seasoned. Um, I have, and even when I do become well-seasoned, decades down the road... <laughs> I'm still going to have weaknesses and incapabilities because God has not gifted any particular Christian with all the gifts necessary to edify the body. A, a, a church cannot rely solely on the gifts of one or two people. God made the church to operate as a body with many members. And you are one of those members. The church, God, has, God in His sovereignty has placed you where you're at and given you the gift that you have so that you can perform a necessary function in this assembly. A necessary function. And we should do a study on, the, on spiritual gifts sometimes, because there's a lot to talk about about that. And I think a lot of us end up stale and stagnant because we simply don't believe that there's a whole lot that we can do that's worth, it, worth a whole lot. I mean, what can I do? What are my abilities? What are, you know? But no, this is telling us if you're part of this body of Christ, God has given you an ability, a gift. You may not be learned or practiced, but let's get going. Let's get using it. Because God's given it to you, because this church needs it. This body needs you. If you're here, this body needs you. God has given you a gift, and we need it. Because that's how God has, placed the, has set up the church to be able to function properly. If a church is not functioning properly, it's because somebody isn't using their gifts appropriately. Either they're not using them at all, or they're not using them properly. Um, but, as we saw here, we're not all supposed to have the same function. You know, Not everybody is a preacher or a teacher. Not everybody is an administrator. Not everybody is the, uh, the help, <laughs> so to speak. Um, not everybody has the same purpose or ability. So don't try to act like you're supposed to do everything. And don't, try, don't think that you don't really have anything that you need to do. Because we can fall off the train on both sides. Because if we don't operate as a body, then we're going to have gaps. Things are going to fall through the cracks. Um, people are going to fall away. We all have some way that we can exhort one another, help one another, um, 
be generous with each other, be hospitable with one another, by faith pray fervently for one another, etc. So don't give up just because you might grow discouraged that you feel like perhaps you're not gifted enough to really be much help to anybody. No, you are, because the Bible says so right here. Do you believe it? Do you believe God? Or is God a liar? Is God unfaithful? You know? So let's go in confidence together. And according to Scripture, encapsulated by our church mission statement, take this gift of God and make sure that it is throbbing within this assembly. Thank you, God, for, <coughs> for this church and the great spirit that I know is here. Now, you are dwelling within the hearts of the people in this room. I pray, Lord, that, that you would just make this fire grow hotter, that you would convict us into being and doing what you want us to be and do. You are our sovereign, and in your sovereignty, in your headship, Lord, you have given us gifts and abilities to help each other, to build each other up, to make sure that we don't fall away, to make sure that we are submitting thankfully and joyfully to the gospel of the kingdom of Christ. Pray that we wouldn't lose sight of this in the busyness of our lives or just the ignorance that we can fall into by simply not thinking about it. Thank you for your goodness and thank you that you are always thinking about us and that you're always interested in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any questions? Comments? <laughs> okay, you're dismissed.